and would like to go to the nursery, you may. There goes Miss Rachel and Miss Janie. Meet them at the back door. And for those of us remaining, if you will, open up your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 6. Mark, chapter number 6. We are uh, going through the book of Mark here. We're finishing up chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 53 through 56. And I've titled this morning's message, As Many As Touched Him. As Many As Touched Him. Mark, chapter number 6, verse number 53. When you find your place, if you're able... I'll ask that you stand as we honor the reading of God's Word. Mark chapter 6, verse number 53. And the Word of God says, Mark 6, 53. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you this morning once again, thanking you for your word. And so, Father, I pray as we look at your word this morning that, Lord, you will open up our hearts and our minds to to hear what your word says lord that your spirit may apply it to our lives lord that it convict us of where we might need convicting lord that it encourage us where we might need encouragement father i pray this morning that you hide me behind the cross lord that people see jesus and him alone through this message lord god i pray that you will convict the one the 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 spirit of the one that's nearest hell this morning. Point them to Jesus Christ, who alone can save. We love you, we thank you, we praise you, and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. As we've been going through the book of Mark, last week we uh, read about and looked at one of the uh, miracles of Jesus as uh, he had sent his apostles away they had been out ministering and they had been doing all sorts of uh things they had ministered they had preached they had healed the sick uh through the uh power of god and uh after they had come back uh from that uh jesus decided that they needed a break after they had fed a multitude they needed a break and uh, so he decides to uh send them to the other side of the sea uh towards bethsaida and so that's what he does. And uh, they uh, ended up, they got in this storm. The boat was rocked. They, uh, they were afraid. But then Jesus Christ, when they least expected it, in the darkest part of the night, appeared to them and said, in verse 50, Be of good cheer, it is I. And as we mentioned, there's, when you're at the darkest point in your life, there's no better words to hear than for Jesus Christ to say, Be of good cheer, I'm here. And as we looked at that, we, we now come, after they've made it through the storm, uh, we now come to where they have passed over the, the sea. They're now on the other side. And so as they get here, they, uh, they come out of the ship, and there's 
all these people see Jesus and they begin to bring their, their sick and their lame and those that, that need a, a healing touch from Jesus. They, they all bring them to Jesus. And as we look at this, there's a good picture of what happens when somebody recognizes Jesus, when somebody uh, accepts who Jesus Christ is, and they can't wait but to get their friends, to get their families as quickly as they can to Jesus, who can not only give a physical healing, but can give what's most important, and that is a spiritual healing. And so this morning we see a physical healings taking place within our text, and then we're going to apply it to what can take place spiritually in our lives if we just let Jesus have complete rule and reign. So uh, this morning I've got three points to make. Number one, let's look at the arrival of Jesus, verse number 53. It says in verse 53 that when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. Now some people look at this and say, well look, you see, uh, they weren't trying to get to Gennesaret, they were trying to get to Bethsaida. But now is that really what was said in our text, or at least in the previous passage? In verse number 45, this is where this comes from, Jesus is instructing his disciples, look what he says, and straightway he constrained, in other words, he had to compel the disciples uh, to get in the ship, and it says, go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent the people away. Now, if we were to look at the map of where Jesus had fed the multitude, uh, where they were at, uh, you would see that they were kind of right there, right next to Bethsaida. And so it wouldn't have made sense to go to the other side to Bethsaida. They were already right there. So what he was telling them, he says, go in the direction of Bethsaida toward to the other side. And if you look at that, you see where Bethsaida was compared to Gennesaret, they went right on across to the other side. So when Jesus tells them to go somewhere, and when Jesus arrives with them at this place, we know first of all that this was an intentional outcome. They didn't get tossed aside by the storm and, and get knocked off course. They ended up right where they needed to be, right at the exact place and time Jesus wanted them to be there. You, don't, uh, you cannot alter God's plan. You cannot alter where God would have you to be. So they, the storm did not alter his plan. And so listen, with that being said, uh, we can all be assured that Jesus Christ will lead us and guide us over to where we need to be. If you're here this morning, you are here by divine appointment. You might be here in your mind to say, well, I came to see John Wesley baptized. You might be here to say, well, I came to spend time with some family. I came to uh, to uh, to see so-and-so. I got something to talk to them about. You might have all these different opinions as to why you're here, but there's one thing that's certain Jesus Christ has brought you here to this place for a specific reason uh, to, uh, to reveal something about himself to you. We are here in the house of God. We are here and at this point in time. We are hearing the word of God preached and proclaimed. And if we are here by a divine appointment, it would do us good to listen to what the word of God has to say this morning. 
Jesus, when He brings you somewhere, you don't just get there by happenstance. You don't just get there by circumstance. You don't just get there by pure luck. You get there because that is where Jesus Christ wants you to be. And so this morning, Jesus Christ would have us to be here at North Long Beach Baptist Church for a specific reason, for a specific task, for whatever the case may be. So this was intentional. It was intentional that Jesus and his disciples get to Gennesaret. But not only that, though, when they got there, this was uh, influential. Now, it doesn't say this in our text, but just think about it. If you were to have been out on this sea, as the disciples were just out there in our previous passage, verses 45 through 52, they were out there, and they were uh, they were in the sea, and the the waves were coming, the the ship was being tossed to and fro, they were scared to death. I mean, after all, they look they 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 have the the wind rocking them about. They're they're not able to. To, to row against the winds. But on to top of it off, they looked out and they see Jesus walking on the sea and it scared them to death because they thought it was a ghost. I know that I would have been afraid <laughs> to be out on the ship and all those waves crashing in and then to top it off, here comes a ghost headed my way. So they were frightened. But then Jesus Christ speaks into their heart and says, be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. The storm immediately calms. They get to the other side of the shore in one piece with Jesus Christ with them. Now don't you think that should have had some impact on their life? That should have had some uh made some influence in their life. Say, hey, when you follow Jesus, He gets you to where He wants you to be. He brought them through the storm. How many of us have been through a storm? Not a... I mean, many of us, I'm sure, went through Katrina, but I'm not talking about that kind of a storm. I'm talking about a storm where just maybe on the inside, you feel like the waves are rocking you back and forth. Maybe you've got some type of turmoil that, that you just can't deal with. That that when you when you when you just think about what you're going through, it just tears you up inside. Or maybe you you're you know, the storm has to do with somebody else in your life. And that, that they're going through some hard time of sickness, maybe some problems in their life, and it just tears you up. And your storm is their storm as well. But then Jesus Christ comes in and He gets you through that storm. He brings you through the storm to a victory. Man, that has a tendency to impact our lives, does it not? So this storm could have been very influential. This arrival of Jesus says He gets them to where they need to be and to where He wants them to be could have been very influential impact their lives and we'll see that it impacted the lives of a lot of other people by the way remember that when Jesus Christ does something in your life it could be because he's trying to get someone else's life impacted as well you're going through some storm 
You're going through some terrible situation. And you think, why am I going through the storm? And then later on, you, you meet somebody that's going through some problem that you went through in your life. And you're able to sit there, and you're able to minister to them, you're able to talk to them, you're able to, to share with them uh, your witness and your testimony about how Jesus Christ brought you through that storm. And it's all because Jesus Christ brought you through a storm, brought you to the other side of the storm, so that you could have an impact in the life of somebody else. So the arrival of Jesus was very intentional. It was very influential. But then, as we look at the arrival of Jesus, now I want us to notice the anticipation of Jesus in verses 54 and 55. It says, And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him. So as he uh, arrives on the storm, they recognized him. Notice that. They knew him. They, they were anticipating him. They, they saw him. They knew him. They, they knew what he could do. They ran through the whole region, round about, began to carry about in beds those that were sick uh, where they heard he was. They knew who Jesus Christ was. They knew when he landed there and they saw him, they recognized him. This is all due to the, to the ministry of the apostles. This is all due to the fame and the name of Jesus Christ growing. You see, Jesus Christ was a very popular person. As I was thinking about that earlier, I was reminded many years ago, one of the Beatles, I believe it was John Lennon, made the statement, we're more popular than God. Remember about him making that statement? Can I say that that comes from ignorance and it comes from somebody that has never read this book right here? There's nobody that's ever walked this earth that has, had, that has been more recognized than Jesus Christ. They knew who Jesus Christ was. There's nobody that has ever had the same type of recognition. There's nobody that has conjured up all the different emotions other than the name of Jesus Christ. You look through and you read the Word of God and you see where there were people that loved Him and when they loved Him, they loved Him. There were people that, that hated Him and when they hated him, they hated him. There were people that, that were just really kind of indifferent to him. And you still see those same people today. They either love Jesus, they either hate Jesus, or they could really just care less about Jesus. But one thing's for sure. When you hear the name of Jesus, you know who he is. When you hear the name of Jesus spoken, whether you're an atheist or whether you're a believer, you will know that they're talking about somebody that professed to be the only begotten Son of God. You're talking about somebody that came to this earth and died for the sins of the world. People know when you name Jesus, they know exactly who He is and who you're talking about. So that He was recognized. Let me ask you this. Is Jesus recognized in our lives? When people look at you, do they recognize somebody as a, a person that, that is with Jesus? Somebody that, that actually knows and has a relationship with Jesus Christ? 
Do they recognize you that as somebody that has uh, been influenced and been changed by the power and grace of God that can be found only in Jesus Christ? Let me ask you this. If you're here this morning, you profess to know Jesus. Do you recognize when he's at work in your life? Do you recognize all the ways in which he has worked and blessed you in your life? Do you recognize those things? And when he does those things, do you give him the honor and glory for it? Listen, that's why we're here this morning. If you are here and you are a child of God, if you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, you are here, uh, really, you shouldn't be here just to uh, see some, somebody get baptized. That's a good thing. But listen, the main reason we come to church is so we can worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you come to church for any other reason, you're not going to get the full blessing of Jesus Christ in your life. You're here for something else. You've made other things idolatry. So to really recognize Jesus, to recognize Him for who He is, because really when it says they knew Him, that's what they were saying. They knew who He was. They recognized that, hey, this is the one. This is the only one that, that we've seen come through the land that can heal and do the things that He does. For the believer, we recognize and we know that Jesus Christ is the only one that can save a soul from a devil's hell. So he was recognized. And then after that, though, after he was recognized by the people, he was revealed as well. Look at verse 55. It says, after they knew him, in verse 55 it says, And they ran through that whole region round about. And began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard that he was. He was revealed to others. These people that recognized who Jesus was, man, they saw him. They knew they knew, they saw him coming. And they said, Look, we've got people, we know friends, and we know family. We we've got acquaintances, we've got co-workers that man, they are in desperate need. To get to Jesus Christ. They're sick. They're lame. They're blind. We need to get them to Jesus as quickly as we can. And so what do they do? They went out. They they revealed. They, they told their friends. They told their families. They, they told all these people that they knew. Hey, Jesus Christ is over here. If we can get you to Jesus Christ, he can heal you of your infirmity. He can heal you. He can help you to walk. He can help you to see. He can heal you of whatever you're going through. We as Christians, do we recognize Jesus and do we reveal Him to others as we should? We know, we all know of people that are spiritually lame or crippled, spiritually crippled. They're spiritually blind. In other words, they're lost. They don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You might even be here this morning and be that person. 
And, and, and thanks be to uh, the baptism of John Wesley. You might be here this morning thinking that you were here to see John Wesley baptized. But really, Jesus Christ has brought you here so that he could reveal himself to you. So that you can see the power of the gospel played out as John Wesley will uh, come later on and, and make his profession of faith made public through baptism. And that baptism symbolizes the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the reason he was he died and was buried is so that he could cover, so that he could forgive the sins of all mankind. So he could forgive the sins of those that come to him in faith and say, Lord, forgive me. He was revealed. John, as John Wesley is coming, and y'all might have all been told, hey, y'all need to come see John Wesley get baptized. In a sense, that's revealing Jesus Christ to you. That young man, as young as John is, would decide to follow Jesus and to follow who he is. And now, through his baptism, He's revealing Jesus Christ to you. So he was revealed. But not only that, though, I would say that he was respected. Jesus Christ was respected. As as they knew him, it says they ran through the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard that he was. Why do you think they did that? Because they were enthusiastic that the one that could heal was there in their midst. They knew who Jesus Christ was. And the way they responded to Jesus proved that they respected him. It proved and shows that they, in this form and fashion, were recognizing who he was and they worshipped him as the God that he is. They were so enthusiastic that Jesus Christ was there that they just had to do what they could to get those people that had never been in the presence of Jesus into the presence of Jesus. Man, how great would that be if Christians everywhere had that type of enthusiasm about Jesus. Recognizing Him as God made flesh. And 1 Peter chapter 3. In verse number 15. We're commanded to be ready to always give an answer. It says, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. What this is speaking of is witnessing, sharing the gospel. Now, we're all commanded to share the gospel. 
But do you know who the ones that are going to be most likely to share the gospel among us are? It's the ones that are most enthusiastic about who Jesus Christ is. You see, we get excited about a lot of things, don't we? We all like college football, don't we? Roll Tide, amen. <laughs> we get excited about college. We get, hey, I, we get excited about pro wrestling. I love pro wrestling. We get excited about NASCAR. We get excited about about fishing. We get excited about hunting. And each of these things that we get excited about, when we participate in it, don't we just love to go and tell others, hey, you you wouldn't believe the bass that I caught the other day. You wouldn't believe the race that I just saw. You wouldn't believe the game that was on yesterday. We get excited about it. Why? Because we're enthusiastic about it. You see, it seems a lot of times that we have no problem setting apart worldly things in our lives to share with others about. But for a lot of people, it's hard to sanctify the Lord in our hearts so that we can be enthusiastic about sharing what's He done, what He's done in our lives. These people, man, they were excited about Jesus Christ. And they were excited to be able to share uh, the blessings of Jesus with these other people. So they ran out they got their friends and they got their families that were in desperate need of seeing Jesus. They said, look, Jesus is in town. You've got to go to him. Wouldn't that be great if we could catch some kind of fire like that? Man, you wouldn't believe what's going on in my life. Let me tell you, it's all because of Jesus. So we've seen the arrival of Jesus, the anticipation of Jesus. Lastly, I want us to talk about the authority of Jesus. Verse 56. We see the presumption. It says in verse 56, And whithersoever he entered in the city or the country, they laid the sick in the streets. In other words, they presumed because of their faith, because they'd seen him do these other things, they presumed that he could heal them. They presumed that he could touch them and make them whole. They believed that if they could just get close enough and through the works of faith, that he could heal them. That's a good presumption for us to have. That when we follow Jesus, listen, we don't we need to act in faith and say and believe that Jesus Christ will do what he has promised in his word to do. So they rushed to him. They presumed that he could do what he said he could do. But then not only that, though, we've seen the presumption. But now let's look at this plea. They presumed that he could heal them. And now, after they presumed that, they plead with him. It says in verse 56, it says they they brought they laid the sick in the streets, and it says they besought him. In other words, they begged him, they pleaded. Lord, I've got a friend over here. 
we, we've carried him on, on, on his bed. We, we've picked up the, uh, the carpet that he's been laying on, and we, we brought him here. Could, could you just, just reach out and touch him? Lord, we've got a friend that we've guided here. He, he's blind. He's been blind for years. Can you heal him? How many of us know people that are spiritually lame and can't walk? Like that song that was just sung a couple weeks ago, I can't even walk without you holding my hand. You see, those that don't know Jesus Christ, they're, 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 they're spiritually unable. They're crippled. Those that don't know Jesus, they're, they're spiritually blind. This morning, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, the, you have been blinded to the ways of Christ in this world. And so you just think that you're doing your own thing and you've got it all. You don't, but yet there's, there's obstacles in your path that you're going to stumble over because you're blind. You don't see the path. You don't know the way. Jesus Christ says, I am the way. You need him to reveal the or to remove the, the scales from your eyes, spiritually speaking, and lead you through the paths of righteousness. And I can guarantee if you've got one in your life that that is a Christian that knows that sees the way that you're living your life and knows that it's not in a uh, for God, that you've never made a profession of faith, I can guarantee you those that love you so much, they are on their knees constantly begging Jesus Christ to open your eyes to the gospel. They're pleading, Lord, save my son. Lord, save my daughter. Save my mother. Save my father. Because they're pleading with Him. Because it is through Him and Him alone that you can be saved. And then lastly, because of their presumption that He can save and forgive and heal, and they're pleading with Him to save and forgive and heal, and by the way, when we talk about healing, we don't just have to talk about physical healing. You know, when you come to Jesus Christ, He has the power to heal your marriage. Jesus Christ has the power to heal your relationships with your, your children or your uh, parents. He has the power to, to heal your relationships with anybody. Because he's got the power to do it. Look verse number 56. They besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. And notice this. And as many as touched him were made whole. As many as touched him. All those that, that were sick. All those that were crippled. All those that were blind. 
by simple act of faith, they reached out and they touched him. Some, if they could just get to the border of his garment, like the woman that had the issue of blood, if they could just get close enough to touch him, he healed them. This morning, if we come to Jesus Christ in faith, he can heal you of that sorry disease that lives within all of mankind called sin. He can heal you from that sin. He can forgive that sin. He can save you from that sin. And he can make you whole again. Then after you've received that forgiveness then, the the Bible speaks that, that if you've been forgiven, then you need to forgive other people. Hey, how many of us are holding on to bitterness and anger in our lives? All because somebody at some point did us wrong. And so you live your lives in constant hatred and anger with that person. And you're never able to move past that. That person's moved on. He's living his life. But every time you think about that person, it stirs up strife and anger and hatred. You know, if you're a child of God and you've been forgiven by the grace of God, it's time you follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ and you forgive that person that's done you wrong. That's the type of power that Jesus has. See, there's so many people that, that tend to get a hold on us, but yet through the power of Jesus... We can forgive, and that person can no longer have a hold on us. Through the power of Jesus, that sin that's in our lives, we can look to Jesus, and that sin no longer have power in our lives. Why? Because greater is He that is in me, which is Jesus, than He that is in the world. This morning I ask you, we're here, we've talked about Jesus, we've seen him in this text, we've seen the people rush to him because they knew that he could do what they've seen him do. They've seen the power of Jesus Christ lived out in the life of your loved one, he can do that for you. All you've got to do is just reach out to him and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, come into my heart and save me. And the Bible says that, that if you come to him in faith, he will not turn you down. He will in no wise cast you out. You say, well, I've got to clean my life up. He, he says, no, you don't clean your life up. I'll clean it up for you. Just come to him and he does all the work. Doesn't get any better than that. I don't like doing work. You can ask Anna around the house. Jesus Christ does the work for you. There's nothing that you can do to earn favor with God. Little John's going to come and get baptized. Listen, that baptism does nothing for his salvation. He's already saved. He's already on his way to heaven. 
But this is a step in obedience for him. This morning you might have your name on a church roll. You might have even been baptized. But if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, those things mean absolutely nothing. So have you reached out to him? He's passing by. Don't let this opportunity pass you by. Just reach out and say, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I need you in my life. I've got too much sin, and I know that if I was to die right now, I would bust hell wide open. You don't have to do that because he died for you. And he just asks, just put your faith in me. Just come to me and I'll forgive you. Because I've already died for you. As we stand to our feet, we'll have our final hymn of invitation. I don't know how the Lord's dealt with you, but I'll be up front to answer any questions you might have. Pray with me. Thank you for joining us for our broadcast. I hope you'll join us again next time with Rick Clark Ministries.